The scripture reading today is from Joel chapter 2, verses 21 through 27, and it is from the Inclusive Bible, the first egalitarian translation. Forget your fear, my beloved land. Rejoice and be glad, for Yahweh has done great things. Forget your fear, you beasts in the field. The wilderness pastures will once again be carpeted and green. Trees will bear fruit again, and the fig and the vine will give you their full yield. Rejoice, children of Zion, rejoice. Be glad in Yahweh your God, who sends you rain, the autumn and spring rains as of old, and a new spring crop. The threshing floors will be heaped with grain, the vats will overflow with new wine and oil. I will repay you for the years that were eaten away by the locust swarm, the winged locust, the scavenger locust, and the bark-stripping locust, my great army which I sent against you. You will eat your fill and be satisfied, and praise the name of Yahweh your God, who has dealt wondrously with you. My people will never again be put to shame. You will know that I am in the midst of Israel, and that I, Yahweh, am your God, and there is no other. My people will never again be put to shame. This is the story of faith and faithful struggle. Thanks be to God. Let us be in a spirit of prayer. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each one of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. And may we, like Samuel, cry out and say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Amen. Our liturgist, Jill Savage, has read from Joel. Joel is one of the 12 lesser prophets, foretelling the destruction of the temple, but also in today's text, encouraging us to rejoice in God's abundant creation. Parker Palmer, who is a Quaker and just a wonderful American theologian, says this, the human soul doesn't want to be advised or fixed, or saved. It simply wants to be witnessed, to be seen, heard, and companioned exactly as it is. Does that resonate with you? It does with me. There are moments in my life that I think, oh, nobody understands. You know, because nobody sees the whole entirety of your life the way you see it. No one knows all of the aspects. And every once in a while, someone sees you, knows what you're going through. There's this wonderful thing that happened to me recently where I was at a retreat center up on Lake George, and a little girl walked up to me. Now, it was all pastors here. This is a pastoral respite place. And a little girl from a pastor's family, what we 
lovingly call in the tradition PKs, pastor's kids, she handed me a little blue card. And on the card it said, you are valued. I had never encountered this little girl before. I did not know her. She did not know me. And I didn't open the card right away. I was on my way to the dining hall, and I went ahead, and I had my meal, and I went back to my room. And that's when I opened the card. And inside was a lovely verse from Galatians talking about God's future and the ways in which I would participate in that. But a little note down at the bottom said, Elroy, the God who sees you, knows what you are facing. That little girl didn't know me. I didn't know her. But I felt seen in that moment by God, by El Roy. Now, I haven't heard a lot of El Roy in my life. Maybe you have, but I'm more familiar with Abba, Yahweh, El Shaddai, those names for God. So I looked in the Bible to see where El Roy occurs. And it's in Genesis. It's when Hagar, Abraham's, the mother of Abraham's son Ishmael, is banished to the wilderness. And God sees her. El Roy sees her. Can you think of other circumstances in this world where people aren't seen? You may know that Ishmael became the father of the Muslim faith, right? So we're talking about a whole different set of circumstances here. We're talking about somebody being seen in another tradition, but not our own. There are people in this world that are not seen. There are child sex workers. There are indigenous peoples. There are black people. There are all kinds of people who are not seen. I felt like there were two news articles this week in particular, one where religious people were lobbying for the, um, the commutation of the sentence, the death sentence on a black man. The people who had worked closely with him believed that he was in fact innocent and the Oklahoma governor did eventually pardon him. And I felt in that moment that God saw what was going on and instead he was given a life sentence. And maybe you had some feelings about that within the Carl Rittenhouse trial. You know, it's interesting because all through that time when we were hearing about Kyle Rittenhouse trial, I had not heard the names of Joseph Rosenbaum, Anthony Huber, and Gage Grosskreutz. Those are the people who were his victims. But somehow we had not heard their names, or I had not heard their names. They were unseen. And so I wonder about that. I wonder about that in this time of gratitude, this, this time of us thinking about what we are grateful for, this Christ the King Sunday when we light all of the candles and we have white on the altars and we're celebrating the ultimate time of the coming of Christ. We've learned all that Jesus had to teach. And next week we'll start it all again. Next week, we'll start learning again. We'll start waiting again for the time of Christ to come, to be born, to come to our world. 
and then through the summer we'll go through all of the parables and the stories and then we'll come again to a penultimate time when Christ is come and Christ sees us and that's part of the equation in the e-weekly this week I wrote a few questions that I hoped that you might think about when you read Joel as Jill just did and when you read that quote that I just shared from Parker Palmer what are you grateful for with little or no effort what is it easy to say thank you for gratitude that is nearly automatic can you think of a thing or two that just is right there what is something that you are grateful for itself but that you can be you're not grateful for the thing but you can be grateful in doing so for example lessons learned or opportunities to serve through difficulty when I reflected on this question myself I thought about COVID I am not grateful for COVID at all this whole time has been incredibly stressful and anxiety producing for all of us and dangerous and deadly for so many but I am grateful for the opportunity to witness what church is, even beyond what it had been. I am grateful for the opportunities to reach out to one another, to, to think of new ways to connect. So that's something that I'm grateful, not for itself, but grateful in the doing. Can you think of something that you're grateful in like that? Elroy is commonly translated as the God who sees me and is both a descriptive epithet for God using the word El, which is God, and modifier meaning a quality of God. And it's so interesting to me that this is the thing that Hagar called out. Elroy, the God who sees me, even when no one else did. I want to share with you now a video that comes from David Stendel Rast. He's an American monk. He was born in Austria, so we're going to close caption the video that is seen here, because he, he has a little bit of an accent, and I want you be, to be able to hear what he's saying. He spent all of his teen years under the Nazi occupation, was drafted into the army, but he never went to the front lines. He eventually escaped and was hidden by his mother until the occupation ended. And he has contributed to a wide range of books and periodicals. And at present, Brother David serves a worldwide network for grateful living through gratefulness.org, an interactive website with several thousand participants daily from more than 240 countries. And that's where this video comes from. So please enjoy.
Amen.